Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. Good evening, I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning radio broadcast in our 16th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. We're pleased to bring you two fascinating interviews this evening. The first previews Black History Month for the city of Bloomington and the Indiana University Bloomington campus. And the second will focus on Generation Y, Black investors and stock traders. And good evening, I'm William Hosea. The city of Bloomington and the Indiana University Neil Marshall Black Culture Center commemorate National Black History Month with a celebration of the perseverance of Black people across the diaspora. This year's theme, The Show Goes On, speaks to the resilience of a people who utilize some of their most valuable assets, creative and artistic expression, to overcome obstacles, navigate uncertain circumstances, and still come out on top. From gospel to blues, to rap, dance, to poetry, to literature, photography, and visual arts, you can find stories of the African-American's journey to freedom, civil rights, and equity. By acknowledging and honoring the timeless artistic contributions of the Black community, one will observe how and why the arts have been a source of inspiration and uplift that bolsters our community for generations to come. Here to shed light on Black History Month activities for the month of February is Shatoya Moss, Bloomington's Safe and Civil City Director, and Gloria Howell, Director of IU's Neil Marshall Black Culture Center. Ladies, welcome to Bring It On. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. All right, then. I'm, I'm uh, first encouraged that um, uh, the, the theme suggests the show goes on that in spite of all we've been confronting in 2020, and 2020 was an unusual year, especially after last um, year's Black History Month, I think things just shut down in March. But now uh, there's a bold initiative to go forth, and I see more collaboration between uh, town and gown, between IU and the city of Bloomington. Can you talk uh, about how, in spite of COVID restrictions, and in spite of perhaps uh, a scaled down, dare I say, uh, Black History Month calendar, uh, Bloomington's Black culture, I mean, Black History Month will shine and will be the envy of communities around us. So if either of you want to start off with it, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are excited to put on Black History Month through 2021. Um, you are correct in saying that Black History Month 2020 was the last event that was city-sponsored as well as had a lot of Indiana University representation. Obviously, we came together this year, which is an amazing feat. You know, we do try to always merge town and gown, but I think with the Black History Month events, we're definitely seeing a lot more of that. The show goes on, speaks to exactly what's happening. We are unable to, of course, gather due to restrictions and, of course, wanting to keep people safe. So, the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center, as well as the city of Bloomington, has come up with creative ways to 
make sure that we are still engaging and celebrating regardless of not being able to meet in person and, and dance and sing, but we're still gonna dance and sing regardless of the fact. Um, and Gloria can obviously tell you a little bit more about the programs that will be happening on the IU side and how the city will be helping uh, promote and implement some of those things as well as the vice versa where the city, we're gonna be still doing our essay contest. We're still gonna be showcasing the state of the black community, but some of our primary events like the kickoff and the gala will have a lot more stronger collaborations. And before you jump in, Gloria, one thing I want to say is that having just um, witnessed online the Martin Luther King Day uh, festivities uh, for the city of Bloomington, if that's a taste of what we can expect during Black History Month, then I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I think it's um, an opportunity for more people to engage, actually, because you don't have to fight traffic to get to a venue. And as long as, long as you have either a mobile device or a laptop or PC, you can uh, connect and enjoy and learn and have uh, participation online. So, you know, while many of us all across the country and the world for that matter are doing remote activities, uh, it, it's really refreshing to hear that we're uh, keeping in step with the time. So with that, I'll turn it over to Gloria. Yeah, thank you. Um, Shatoya hit the nail on the head where the show must go on, right? And we know that Black History Month, while we have a month that's set aside to celebrate Black history, it's 365. So um, we're just doing, kind of just taking it up another notch for the month of February with this theme around the arts and um, thinking about what's happened during the pandemic. A lot of us have turned to the arts to cope, right? And to make it through our day-to-day -day activities, whether it's turning on some music or dancing or whatever the case may be, reading a book. Um, and so that kind of gets us to our, our theme and our kickoff celebration. So we have a very big um, Black History Month kickoff plan with some very, very special guests. Um, and the thing that, that Toya mentioned, or I think you also mentioned too, Clarence, about access to these events, um, we, we're really excited that you know technology, we live in a world where people can access these things from all over the world. Um, and so for our kickoff event, um, we're actually going to be welcoming Verdeen White of Earth, Wind and Fire and his wife, Shelly Clark White, um, founder of, of the group Honeycomb. And uh, they are going to be joining us for this kickoff celebration. And uh, before we get into the details of the kickoff, I have to give a shout out to um, Catherine DeVinch, who uh, works at Indiana University. And I actually met while doing some uh, community service work um, this summer. And uh, I was talking to Shatoya, we had been talking about our collaborative pieces for Black History Month. Um, Shatoya has a, a very interesting mind and in how she works because um, she's very efficient and also just very thoughtful and strategic. And those are the types of people that I like to work with. So when we, I think both of us are kind of thinking along the same lines of collaborating because we want to be smart about it, right? We don't want to be competing for audiences. Um, we don't want to just have this, all these events and competing to see who's going to go to what event. Um, but what we know is that the city usually has a speaker and a very um, structured program for um, folks who live in Bloomington to, to attend. And that's not something that has just been a city thing. We've had folks from, from you know, IU to attend those events. And I've even had the pleasure of working with Shatoya on the planning committee for, that, for those events. And then as I think about last 
year's Black History Month for the Mill Marshall, we're known for putting on these kind of extravagant productions, if you will. So we had a juke joint one year. Last year, we had a fashion show that Shatoya was on the planning team for. So we've always had these kind of collaborative relationships um, individually, and which made this like an easy pairing, right? So um, talking to Shatoya about the kickoff celebration, we were like, we got to start this off with the with the bang, like no question about it. Um, and I mentioned to Shatoya that I met Catherine and she kept talking about Earth, Wind and Fire and Shelley Clark White. And I was like, do you know these people? I just happened to ask her like, why do you, what is your connection? Cause you're always talking about Earth, Wind and Fire. And she was like, yeah, well Shelly and I go way back. And I was like, so you just talk to this person like on the daily, I'm like starstruck. And she's like, yeah. And I said, well, you know, my friend Shatoya and I are spearheading Black History Month events. I don't know how far this is gonna go. And I don't know if this is even going to happen, but I'll never know unless I ask. So I said, would you on our behalf, talk to Verdine and Shelly and see if they would, you know, be our guests since we're virtual. Um, and we can talk about the logistics later. She said, oh, I got you. She asked Shelly. And the same day Shelly emailed me and was like, of course we will. This woman has never talked to me, has never met me. She said, oh, we'd love to join you. Like we'd love to do those types of things. So, um, they're going to be our guests for that kickoff celebration, which is happening on January 29th, which is next Friday at six o'clock p.m. And it's going to be virtual. So once we start um, promoting the event, folks can register and they can have access to the link um, to access it. So we're really excited. And I have to thank um, Shatoya and Safe and Civil um, and, of course, Beverly Calendar Anderson. Um, Community and Family Resources Department, and also some IU campus partners that we have, um, Dr. Tyron Cooper in the Archives for African American Music and Culture, um, Dr. Charles Sykes in the African American Arts Institute, as well as the Office of the Vice Provost, who are all coming together to make this happen. So we're super, super, super excited. And you should be. You know, I'm I'm really amazed that to, to hear about the collaboration uh, that that you that you've been sharing with us because. A few years ago, while Beverly was uh, Safe and Civil City Director, and I was actually chair of the Black History Committee for Black History Month, it seems like we were always, between the city and IU, we were always stepping over each other on our schedules, you know, tap dancing around uh, uh, what days we wanted to schedule which event. And so for you two to come together like this and uh, just pretty much eliminate the redundancy and uh, Verdine White, please. I mean, we, we never had people like that come in here, but that's just a uh, product of working together like that. So what was it, what, what was the catalyst that, that put you two together and, and to do something that should have been, well, it's not like we didn't try, but it just makes so much sense for the two major forces in Bloomington to work together to sponsor Black History Month. Well, you just said it, it just makes sense for, for us to come together and we want to have a good time. Uh, Gloria and I both recognize that, you know, the city of Bloomington alone, we have been through a lot and that also affects the students. You know, we haven't had the same events or activities that you usually see and we were really um, proponents in making sure that this is a good time. We want to continue to celebrate Black History Month throughout the entire year, but also ensure that we're not just do another event, just do another event. 
So I am more excited to work with Gloria. We plan to continue to work together throughout the future and hopefully, you know, like I said, bridge that bond of town and gown. This is just the beginning. So I'll be on the lookout. Well, Gloria? if you just, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Well, I was gonna say that if you just joined us, we are talking, though the voice you just heard was Shatoya Moss, who's Bloomington Safe and Civil City Director. And uh, Gloria Howe, has also joined us. She's director of the IU's Mill Marshall Black Culture Center. We're talking, of course, about Black History Month uh, in the month of February, which actually is 365, by the way. Um, and you just saw sort of taste of that yesterday at the inaugural of our 46th president, uh, Joseph R. Biden and Kamala Harris, who is now the first woman vice president and first woman of color and South Asian descent. Uh, might there be activities that sort of showcase that historic moment uh, that come up in the month of February? And then also, can we begin to talk about some of the key signature events that are going on during that month? Yeah, absolutely. So again, we'll still be putting on some of our signature events that have been put on and passed by the city. So we'll be having the State of the Black Community, which is chaired by the Black Strategic Alliance, which William Hosea is the chair of, and I'm really excited to be working with that program again. Uh, this year, we're gonna be covering the topics of COVID, health, and politics as it relates to the Black community. And also, we'll be still having our annual Essay Month contest. Um, students will still receive uh, iPads for first place winners, $100 respectively for second place winners, and for third place winners, $75 each. And then of course, we're gonna be leading up all the way to our Black History Month Gala. This year, it will be virtual. Um, so that also opens up for a lot more people to attend. Typically gala, we have a limit, but this year we're gonna be just as excited. And I'm excited to announce that we're gonna be uh, presenting more awards and also introducing more students to gala. Uh, traditionally, we don't see a lot of students, but we're hoping this will kind of start that trend as well as again, continue to make strong community connections because we would like to see a lot of our student population live and thrive in Bloomington and be really engaged and in, in interactive with what else is going on because they have a lot to offer. Um, and to go back to that, we have an IU student who will actually be emceeing kickoff this year, uh, Miss Amaya Angelo, help me with her last name. Brannigan. Amaya Brannigan. So this is just one of the ways that we are pushing and promoting and putting these students on a platform because they are going to be our future. They are going to be sitting in mine and glow seat someday. So we definitely want to make sure that they're engaged and they're, they're, they're wanting to love Bloomington as much as we do. So in before uh, the pandemic for your signature event, the, the gala, you sold tickets to raise money uh, at the silent auction. How is that going to work on a virtual platform this year? Can you walk us through it? it Would you still be selling tickets for the virtual gala? Absolutely. So the gala itself, um, again, is to promote and highlight our black and brown community members. Um, again, like I said, we'll be adding some awards that Gloria will be able to talk about that'll be towards students, but we still will be selling tickets. And with tickets will become meal options. We'll be uh, partnering with a company that community members can purchase meals that will um, enable them to also watch the gala live. We'll have amazing hosts. We'll have some great musical entertainment. And again, it's just gonna be a feel good party. That's the whole day We're, the show will go on regardless of what's going on. But yes, we will be having tickets and ticket prices will vary um, because again, we wanna be equitable, especially towards students as well as some people who typically don't go to gala. So this was a nice opportunity, although COVID was a pain, 
but a nice opportunity to expand options and give those who typically wouldn't be able to attend an option to attend this year. You know, uh, uh, Gloria, let me ask uh, with the campus sort of um, starting up again, and there was talk about IU staying virtual throughout second semester. I'm not sure if that's the case right now, or are they just uh, and, um, really going forward with more restrictions on social distancing? Um, and, you, and we spoke a little earlier about the student involvement not being as robust this year. How do you get around that? And, and how can they contribute virtually? I mean, there's students, I know their plate is always full, but then there are groups that are very proactive, groups that have for years um, have been very active and involved in Black History Month. I know they have the Black History Month uh, uh, quiz, uh, Knowledge Bowl. And I'm just curious, you know, how such things as that will go forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, IU is still operating primarily virtually. Um, some of the folks who, um, well, some faculty are able to have in-person classes, of course, with very, very strict COVID restrictions, but that won't happen until February 2nd. So we're all 100% virtual um, until that time. The Neil Marshall is operating 100% virtually for the whole semester until further notice. Um, well, the end of the semester, but hopefully things will get better come fall. So um, how do we work around that, you ask? It's a question that I still ask <laughs> to this day. Um, it's been a whole lot of trial and error because, um, you know, our students, especially the, the Black Culture Center, we're the house for people. You know, they're used to coming in here and and seeing us every day. I've had students reach out. We miss them. We We really do. And they miss us. So I've had students to call and email and they're asking, you know, hey, can we come by or, you know, how do we connect and those types of things. But um, I have to just give kudos to the student organizations because they've been a big help and we're all experiencing challenges with with connecting students aren't, um, you know, they're they're zoomed out because of classes. So they're not trying to sit on zoom for a program that lasts two and three hours. So we've been trying to find that balance between engaging them virtually, but also just dealing with the reality that everything can't translate to a virtual environment. Some things we just have to mix all together and rethink and reimagine how we engage. So um, that being said, you mentioned Clarence, some um, important events that are signature that, that the Black Culture Center is, is hosting. And one of them is the Black Knowledge Bowl. Um, which is going to be during that last month on the um, 26th, I believe, of February. And we're going to do the same, you know, quiz bowl type situation. Um, but it's going to also include like virtual, kind of like a virtual game night activity because we want it to be, um, we want students to learn. And we've, we've kind of been on this wave since the 50th anniversary of the Neil Marshall last year of getting students to learn more about what it meant to be Black at Indiana University, who were some of the architects of our community, like the Herman Hudson's, the Laverta Terry's, all those folks, um, to learn more about them and why they were so important. So we're still going to have that opportunity. And um, the last thing I wanted to mention about the Marshall side of events is that to Toya's point, um, like she mentioned, trying to get students engaged and coming to the gala, so making that, you know, more um, accessible. We're also trying to do that on our end. We know that our first priority are students, um, but we're trying to, to have events where we can engage 
faculty and staff and also bridge gaps between students and faculty and staff and the community. So um, I'm very blessed to work with people like Ms. Inger Nimchik and Nancy Cross Harris and Tim Womack who have been in Bloomington for a while and were also students at IU. So my whole staff um, and me too, now that I think about it, are actually people who um, you know, live in the community but and engage in community things, but also work on our campus. So um, one of the events that that we're having that we, we plan to very specifically market to the community is a virtual listening party where we're gonna listen to music from all different eras. So we know that, you know, folks from who grew up on Motown, folks who grew up on funk and gospel and blues and all those things, like we wanna have a space virtually for people to just as Toy said, have a good time. So we're gonna have people like Miss Nancy and Mr. Tim and Miss Inger to actually facilitate those rooms. And we're hoping that that can provide, you know, a trip down memory lane for some of our community folks. It can allow our students to also see like, you know, maybe learn something, um, but also to facilitate relationships between all those different people being in one room, one virtual room. So um, we're really, really, really excited about, about those opportunities too. Okay, Shatoya, um, you know, I'm glad that the overarching theme for both um, entities, town and gown, is a day on, not a day off. And I'm glad to see that that continues because it's, it's uh, or a month on, a month off, that's MLK, day on, day off, but a month on, a month, month not off. Um, the city has often engaged in a 40-day commitment during Black History Month, will that continue or is that continuing now from MLK through uh, Black History Month? Yes, so that continues all the way through from MLK through Black History Month. Um, we still, you know, like I said, even though things are different, we're still trying to push for things to still feel the same. Mm -hmm. um, and as Gloria mentioned, we have a lot of people in our community <clears throat> who are wanting the same things. She mentioned she had a great team at the Neil Marshall. We still have a few Black History Month committee members that returned and they're excited about the changes and how things are going. So I have to definitely shout out Martha Chamberlain, Deborah Vance and Kyra Richardson, as well as William Hosea. They are still proponents of trying to make sure that our community is getting the necessities, that something we're used to, the comforts that we're accustomed. So I'm really excited to see MLK traditions haven't changed as well. Like I said, making these new um, traditions coming along and just, just excited to see how things turn out. You know, I had to catch myself because it's easy to sometimes uh, uh, connect the MLK directly with Black History Month, but we have, what a luxury that we can start the halfway point of January and just go right through the balance of January and through February and both you ladies will, will really appreciate the fact that March is Women's National History Month. So uh, that's not lost in all this either. Uh, William, you are a uh, the, the chief anchor here on Bring It On, and but you've been involved heavily in, in an activity during Black History Month as well, and that is the state of Black, the Black community in Bloomington. Can you sort of update, and you weren't aware that I was going to ask this question, so oh, I wasn't. I want to thank you, though. Okay, well, yeah, sure, just make that payable to Clarence Boone. But if you want to go ahead and fill us in on the state of Black of the black community, what that's going to look like this year and sort of uh, the lineup for that. Well, the state of the Black community address, um, as you know, um, it, it kind of gives us a snapshot of what the Black community is experiencing in Bloomington. Uh, 
relative to different areas. Like this year, we're going to talk about election law and the impact on Black folks. In fact, all three topics focus on the impact on, on Black people. So the first is uh, election law uh, and the host, uh, not the host, the panelist is going to be Kevin Brown. Uh, the next one is COVID and how it and the impact on Black people. And Dr. Karen Reed Renner is going to be the panelist, uh, the expert on that one. And then we have Indiana's own Dana Black to talk about politics and COVID and the impact on Black people. So again, this is going to be virtual, just like the rest of it. Makweba um, uh, uh, Reese is going to be our MC for the event. And uh, we're looking forward to a lively conversation on those issues. Well, one thing we have just a few minutes left, and we did not talk about how people go about registering or reserving a space for all, the, all of these virtual engagements. So let's start with the No Marshall Black Culture Center, then segue through, through to the city. And then William, as you just described, the uh, State of the Black uh, Community Address, how can people reserve a spot, a virtual spot? And, and uh, Gloria? Yeah, all the events happening and even the city, the city, the ones that are solely um, hosted by the city, like the essay contest and all those things, we're going to post um, all of those in addition to the specific no Marshall things on our website, blackculture.indiana.edu. Um, and then also on our Facebook, no Marshall Black Culture Center and Instagram. Um, at NMBCC underscore IU. And we also have um, weekly news. Shatoya is going to talk about um, a newsletter that will go out, but the Neil Marshall has a weekly news feature that we do for students um, and faculty and staff. So what the community is saying, faculty, staff, and students will see as well um, through the Neil Marshall, but we're all kind of pushing to the same group so that everybody has consistent information. So those links will be there. Flyers will be there. Um, this is a good time since we're all, you know, dealing with technology. It's a good time to kind of get to know these websites and get to know social media um, so that you can stay abreast of all these different events. Okay, and real quick in our last couple of minutes, are you looking for financial sponsors? And if so, how can they get in touch with you to sponsor some of these events? Yeah, absolutely. They can definitely reach out to myself or Gloria. Um, you can go to the bloomington.in.gov black backslash BHM for Black History Month um, to find out more information on how to sponsor as well as donate to the silent auction, which will be fully online this year and actually going on for over a week. So that way you have time to go in and bid and come back. Um, the other thing that Globe forgot to mention, because the kickoff is going to be a special conversation between Verdine and Shelley, there will be a specialized link for community members or students to submit questions ahead of time and possibly have their questions answered by Verdine and Shelley, because it will be a Q&A and it will be an interesting way to get to know some of um, some great Black American idols. Um, but we also have a, a newsletter, as Globe mentioned, that anyone can sign up for and you will receive email updates with links. And if you don't have access to Zoom or can't do it, uh, we will also be doing that through Facebook. So it'll be shown through um, city pages as well as IU pages. Okay, that was a lot to pack into one half an hour, but we did it. And uh, as soon as you get your flyer, we'll be sure and post that on our website. 
That said, our thanks to Shitoya Moss, Bloomington Safe and Civil City Director, and Gloria Howell, Director of IU's Neil Marshall Black Culture Center, for joining us to preview February's Black History Month activities. Ladies, thanks for uh, joining us today, and you're more than welcome to stay with us as we segue to talk to our next guest. If not, uh, we'll definitely, I know you're busy, uh, you have a lot of things you're taking care of, but if you care to still stay and join us, that's fine. But at the top of the hour, we announced that we're exploring the wealth building strategies used by Generation Y, Black investors, and stock traders. We have invited Dennis Wilson to come on and demystify the various ways to profit from the stock market. Dennis has an interesting background. He quickly became fed up with the cap on earning limits on his income and the lack of control of his work schedule. So he started to look for an alternative way to make extra income, which was not so time consuming. He found investing as a long-term investor day trader to be a profitable and effective path to independent wealth and growth. He, he joins us now. Dennis, welcome to Bring It On. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? So oh, far, fine. so good. Especially since you're going to tell us how to become millionaires in three months. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but wow, this is fascinating, but it's also, uh, it's risk. It's a risky venture in some respects, and it's not for the faint of heart, but um, it, it, it's just so mysterious. How does this happen? Even the language is just way above our heads. But as, as, a, young, as a young man, you know, you have found that this is a, a excellent way to augment, if not become your primary source of, of wealth and income. Tell us about your story a little bit more and, and how you got involved in all this. Um, I actually can honestly remember it clearly. I was sitting in the garage and um, I just moved. Um, I moved up at work and position. Um, well, in moving up, that just that mean I gained a little more, um, my wages increased. But with my wages increased, I just didn't, I, um, our, uh, our taxes also increased as well. Well, as they say, more money, more problems. And so with that, I don't know, I began, I was uh, sitting in the garage and thinking deeply saying, if I make a hundred thousand and they take 21% of that, I'm really bringing home 70% of that. Then on top of that 70%, when I go out and I buy groceries and gas and other um, items, I'm paying the tax on that as well. So that, that consumes another 10 to 15% of other things. And then you got to think about your um, your lifestyle that you're living, car notes, insurance, homes, food, all this stuff is also going to take away from your income. So when I kind of did the numbers uh, faintly in my head, I'm only making about uh, 21,000 that I'm actually seeing that I'm able to enjoy. And it frustrated me a bit. So with that, I don't, uh, my mind kind of moved to how can I make that 80% that I'm losing make money while I'm still making money. So long story short, um, a fellow coworker had uh, made a great uh, investment um, in stocks. Now he, he's not a, a major day trader, but he just kind of deals a little bit with his 401k, but he made a, a great profitable amount just uh, seizing an opportunity at the right time. And so as I began to um, dig more into stocks and um, I'm a digger, so I, I dig and I search and I read and I outline and it just grew and grew and grew and, uh, really quick. I don't want to be long winded. My wife and I actually decided to, to take some, like you said, some risks. So we got a, um, a mentor. Well, we watched our mentor make about $36,000 in like seven minutes. And I was convinced after that. <laughs> 
Thirty-seven minutes. We're going to ask our guests to uh, elaborate a whole lot more on that. <laughs> but uh, but see, but but all right. Just as you said, they made uh, just an unimaginable amount in a short amount of time. There are horror stories all out there. People that have lost a significant amount in in a very quick time. Uh, let's talk about the risk and and. Let's talk about the strategies that person may have used to make that type of uh, uh, that type of income that that in, a, in that short amount of time. Well, one thing I wanted to dispel is uh, stock trading is not a risk. Um, well, a lot of people believe it. That's why a lot of people tend to stray from it. Uh, stock trading is a uh, it's a strategy, and with the technology that we have, there are um, so many um, preventatives that that can be put in place just electronically that can avoid it becoming a risk and make it more like, um, I don't even want to say a chance, but making it more like strategy. So uh, what I did is I sat down and outlined all the different strategies and come to learn the different patterns and just how stocks move. Well, it's no different than your, your, your job. Um, everybody that I work in um, industrial industry and working in an industrial industry, it can be very dangerous. I guess we can say that's a risk. You know, but I'm an electrician by trade. So with that, there's a lot of different dangers that come with that. Well, the, 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 in order to engineer out that danger, I began to become educated on my environment and educated on how things work. And so stocks are exactly the same way. The more you become educated in it, um, the more that it's not a risk, but more of uh, you creating the strategy that allows you to become successful and that that you invest in. Now, this definitely the strategies that you use are definitely not your grandfather's strategy with uh, the software that's available. When you're ready to make a stock trade, you can pretty much put in an electronic safeguard so that you do not lose a penny. Is that right? That is completely so you correct. Protect, so that's what you mean when you say there's no risk involved. That's, that's exactly so it. I mean, worst case scenario is that you get in, you make a trade. Worst case scenario is that you break even. You don't lose you any waste, money. Worst case scenario, you just waste the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us about some of the software and some of the strategies uh, and, you know, just as simple as you can some of the software and strategies that, that you use to make to, to make your money? Okay, there are, there are three great softwares that are out that are available for free. Um, there is a, a lot of people are familiar with the platform uh, Robinhood, which is a beginning um, straight uh, trading pl platform that you can download on your mobile app. And um, it, it's very convenient. It's free of charge. They don't charge a commission. So that's one way. Uh, Webull is also another platform that's mobile available as well as desktop available. And then there's the traditional Thinkorswim, which is uh, owned by TD Ameritrade, which is a little more advanced, but uh, the technology that is involved in it um, helps to do exactly what you said. It helps you to set up stop losses to prevent you from losing. You, I've always heard that it takes money to make money. What would you say to someone of modest means who wants to dabble in the stock market? Um, you know what I say, risk-wise, my wife and I started with a risk of $70. We used that $70 to learn how to become familiar with the, uh, the stock market uh, applications. And so after taking that $70, we then, because um, you have money in your savings account, you have uh, money that you put aside uh, for, multi for um, 
a, a array of things that people would say. I would say take a few dollars here, a few dollars there and continue to invest and slowly, slowly invest. You'd be amazed at what $100 can do in a month. And TD Ameritrade, uh, their software, Thinkorswim, actually has the simulated trading software where you can get in there and play with whatever amounts of money you choose. And, and again, it's not real money. But um, before you actually decide to, to go ahead and jump in the trading game, you should, uh, how would you recommend people educate themselves about learning the stock patterns and the different strategies? And all of this is online too, correct? Yes, it is. Well, there's a wealth of information that's online. I mean, with today's technology and YouTube alone, you can learn from beginning all the way to expert strategies um, on how to trade, as well as the different patterns that they are. Um, there are even some videos that will slowly walk you through the patterns and explain to you um, how they operate, why they operate, and give you a very in-depth um, explanation of uh, what it is that you're looking for. And so I would easily say within three months, just um, spending some time online and on um, YouTube, you can become a, a, a very decent skill level trader. You know, uh, Dennis, uh, this is an eye-opening conversation that I know that our listeners are probably sitting straight up in their in their seats um, because that's sort of the one of the final frontiers that a lot of Blacks have not entered into. Yeah. And one that uh, we have gone traditional routes with savings accounts or you know, we've used property as sort of an income generator, um, if you will. But the stock market and, you know, we see that the stocks are just doing phenomenal right now. And uh, they've been gaining, you know, new territory as far as uh, the, the valuation of American stock. But in the back of all of our minds is probably two things. One is the risk, the fear of risk. And then two, if we're all honest, there's that factor of ignorance that goes on. And you just mentioned that online, there, there are resources available that really do demystify things. And you said it does not take uh, a long time to learn. And then as you just use as an example, $70, we go through $70 and virtually no time. Um, so, I mean, why not let that $70 work for you? And, and then the discipline that you have to bring to this, you can see that grow and grow and grow. If you will, can you talk about... Um, Literally, an example, and, and not to give maybe away any trade secrets that you and your wife have, but okay, what happens? Are you wake up and you wake up in the middle of the night? You have a little a buzzer on your cell phone that says "ding ding." You wake up, you're half asleep, and you're looking at the screen to see what's going up or down. And then you say, "Honey, should we go?" And then you hit the button. Or what does this look like? Uh, what, what's your okay. approach? All right, um, you know, I'll actually walk you through my day, and it's uh, it's very simple. Um, now I do begin peeking at the stock market at uh, six o'clock. Well, just to, um, and it, I'm all right with giving away secrets. My wife and I uh, taught an annual stock class out here where we are for as little as uh, 50 bucks. Um, and the only reason we charge is because we booked out the room and we had refreshments. So I'm very open to um, pouring out wealth, but a uh, wealth of knowledge from what we know. But my day looks like this. I'll wake up at six. Um, my, everybody's phone sits on the side of them. Some people's phone buzz from Facebook. Mine just buzz from the stock market. So when it rings, I set alerts for, um, after I've studied different patterns, I'll set up an alert, which would show me when these stocks have started to begin that pattern. Secondly, there are 
online what we call scanners or scanners that are also in the software that will tell you uh, the, the stocks that have grown overnight. Stocks mostly that are going to um, begin to move through the day, they grow overnight. So then my phone also alerts me of this large um, group of stocks that have grown overnight. And these are the ones that I'll pay attention to in the morning. So when I wake up in the morning, I have a, I have a very quick strategy. I know uh, where I want the stock to grow to. As I take a look and I see the pattern that it's it's um, it's starting to form, then I um, this pattern will tell me if it continues halfway through the pattern, kind of like connect the dots when you were younger. When it gets halfway to where um, them dots are connected, that lets me know that's my buy-in point. Then after I buy in, as the stock continues to raise through the day, as William spoke of earlier, I'll put in what's called preventative or stop loss. And this, this saves my money. Once the stock get, continues to move, I just continue to, throughout the day, via mobile device or desktop, we'll just continue to move our stop loss up, which is within the click of a button, and it grows up with the stock. If the stock happens to drop down, it'll automatically cash me out higher than what I bought in at. So that's usually how my day goes. By 10 or 11 o'clock, we're, we're pretty decently up, you know, after a few uh, views and then I'm done for the day and on to the next day. All right. I, I, I got to follow up with that. All right. Um, all right. You, you get the alert that, okay, the water's warm, the water's nice, time to dive in. So you see and you've studied so you know which stocks which, which stocks appeal to you and the stock market is diverse enough where there's some stocks that should appeal to people. Um, and so you say, okay, well, I will ride this horse and see how this horse performs. That's correct. So you, you, you get on this, this, this trusty steed and you're going and you're increasing your gain. Now, then all of a sudden there's a downward trend or a plateau and then you put in a mechanism that says, okay, when it plateaus for X amount of time or whatever, time to get off of this horse, or maybe time to just rest a while and preserve my gain. Okay, so you have those particular um, safeguards there. How do you realize your gain? How do you, because I'm thinking, okay, at some point you've earned money in the stock. Can you take that money out? How do you convert it? How do you put that now into your pocket? Because there's something you want to use that money to do. I mean, you know, it's not frivolous spending, but you want to use it as a tool. How would you go about doing that? How do you cash out, I guess, is the phrase. And then after that, what are the tax implications from all this? So I'll, I'll let you uh, respond to that. Okay, the, uh, the software is, is, is very, they thought of everything in this software. So really quick, also another one of the um, uh, mechanisms that you can set up is you can tell the, uh, the computer to chase the stock until it comes down whatever percent you choose, 1%, 2%. So this mechanism that you put in will actually chase the stock all the way up to where it reaches its peak and then cash out. And it's automatically done. But to answer your question, um, also it keeps a, a financial tab on you. Like uh, your cash is in a smaller window in the um, upper right or left-hand corner of the app. So you're seeing your, your capital as it gains um, and as it grows. It's showing you how it's growing financially as well as percentage-wise. Um, after it cashes out, um, depending on the way your account is set up, you have one to three days in which the money settles, and then it's attached right to your bank account. You, With the push of a button, you can go right to cash out this amount, and it will transfer that amount of money right to your bank account. 
as far as the tax implications on that, there are a few a few rules. If you hold stocks over a year, then um, I think the percentage on it is from 30 to 15, uh, 15 percent. And here's how I always view it. Um, do you pay a high capital gains tax on stocks? Of course. But if you weigh your your win versus your cash out, it's technically free money. If I put 70 bucks in and I make $500 and they take even $200 of that, it's still a great amount of uh, financial gain. And so with the software, there's two different ways you can do it. They'll send you your uh, W-2s toward the end of the year when it's time to do taxes and you can wait till the end of the year to pay them. And, or you can have them to, just like a regular uh, job, you can have them take the taxes out as you withdraw. Okay, so many of us are familiar with some platforms like Cash App and others where they use phrases such as cash out. Um, and in some ways this process is similar to what you're, you're talking about, but it's more comprehensive, more, more forward thinking. Um, and this is, this is good information. And again, if you've just joined us, we are talking to Dennis Wilson, who after several years of working in traditional job sectors decided, hey, I don't like the hours I'm working. <laughs> I don't like the limits on my earning potential. So, so I'm going to become a day trader investor and emphasis on day trading. I don't see him up in the middle of the night doing all this, but he's a day trader. <laughs> so he puts on a cape and he, and he gets that mobile device and he's at it, he and his wife. So, but Dennis Wilson, um, who's on with us and he's really not only demystifying this, but making it very simple to follow. And I will say, I, I, and I'm reading William's mind that William, I think we have a new segment producer that we're going to introduce to bring it on on a routine basis because I, I just sense there's going to be a demand by our listening audience to learn more about this. We're starting a fresh new year, 2021. This is an excellent time to talk about this. Um, and in the midst of COVID, there is still money to be made. And with that, I'll turn, I'll say that again. The best money actually has been made in COVID. Okay, you gotta explain that statement now. Uh, well, with, uh, with the fear in COVID, there are stocks that have, that are hundreds of thousands, $100 stocks that have come all the way down. Um, one of our favorite stocks, uh, um, it's an oil ETF or oil stock that was once trading at $1,600. And when we called it, it was down to 12. With this $12 stock, we bought in pretty decently and it stocked over months, increased to 60, uh, almost in the upwards of $70. There was even a stock at one point in time that my wife and our group had caught that started at $10 and within five hours is at $81. That's a $71 return on every um, share sure. of stock that you bought. $71 so return. You can, the, the stocks come in a whole range of prices. So if you decide this is something you want to do, you can buy stock commensurate with your income or whatever resources you have available to invest in stocks. Um, is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Now, Dennis, I think it's important to note that you kept your day job doing all of this, right? In yes. fact, you're still a, a working guy. Yes. So you, you, you just... You know, on the surface, you're an everyday guy, family of five. Is that correct? Yes. And you work at U.S. Steel up in Gary, Indiana. Did you know yeah. he was from Gary Clarence? 
you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not really super surprised that another GI individual is doing well and has a wealth of knowledge to share with people. As William and I are both from Gary, Indiana yeah. originally, uh, but nevertheless, uh, kudos to Northwest Indiana again for producing such talent. So, and Bloomington, Indiana, by way of Bloomington. My wife graduated uh, from Bloomington. All right. And you attended IU as well. I attended from, IU for three years. I did. Okay. So just your your profile dispels a lot of the myths about stock trading. I can go go on YouTube and there's no shortage of people in uh, high rise offices and suits trying to st- trying to tell me how to trade stocks. Uh I have not seen a black person in any of these commercials, especially not a young black person in any of these commercials. So it's uh, it's kind of refreshing to know that there are people like yourself, uh, I guess your generation, why that's what we said in our intro, that people like yourself who are are just breaking down those barriers and, and sharing this information with other young black people and even some older folks can take advantage of uh, your information as well. Have you come across other uh, young black investors like yourself? Um, uh, a minimal amount, but for the most part, I think the friend group that I'm surrounded around, we began all trading together. So um, my group of uh, those that are like myself of the work where I work, we've kind of developed a group and tried to begin educating those in our area. But um, we haven't come across too many. There are some that are familiar with it, um, but we're hoping that there are more out there that come to learn this trade as well. And are some of these stocks better suited for long-term versus short-term gains? Like, uh, are, are there some stocks that you would consider retirement stocks? and yes. some that you can uh, take advantage of in the short term. Yeah, that's actually our strategy. Our strategy is just to take advantage of the short-term stocks through the day and then take them gains and um, converse them over into long-term stocks. That way there is always money that's being gained, uh, put up for our retirement, um, as well as uh, day-to-day money where we're able to pull out and, and enjoy it as well. And that money, that you may convert over to long-term stocks for retirement, that's tax deferred until you begin to to, to actually um, uh, take that money out and use it. Uh, I forget the phrase, my mind went blank. That is correct. Okay. Um, One thing, uh, there is another phenomenon out there that's going on, uh, Bitcoins. And are you familiar with, or have you dabbled in Bitcoins? Uh, I've, I've, heard of people who jump in at a certain point and the Bitcoin valuation increases to such a, a, a level that they then cash out their Bitcoins uh, and then they're able to use those funds for whatever. They, they do run into challenges in that banks that are federally protected, FDIC, they don't necessarily observe Bitcoin. This is still a new phenomenon. So can you share with us your experiences with Bitcoin or uh, give us some knowledge on that? I do uh, trade Bitcoin as well. I'm currently in Bitcoin and some of the other cryptocurrencies. But I think the difference is I don't trade the. I mean, I don't um, buy into the actual currency. I buy into the stock of the currency, still stocks. And so that way it's U.S. dollars being used to buy a portion of the company of Bitcoin. And then as it grows, just like the regular stock market, then I can cash my money out um, without having the 
the problems of dealing with trying to uh, change over the uh, cryptocurrency. So trying it's converted. It. Yeah, it's just strictly stock in the company. Okay, I, and the more I talk to you, the more I see that people you're hearing it here first. But we're going to have a new segment here. I'm bringing on that's going to be regularly <laughs> brought to you as a service. And we're going to um, call it Mo Money, right? Mo Money. <laughs> uh, because, you know, this is this is like a, a frontier that has not been, uh, you know, traversed by a lot of people that look like and talk like us, or for that matter, those that listen. And, you know, for anyone, any, any ethnicity, it's here. And in this day and age, you have to be more savvy with your investments uh, or savvy with your with your resources and investing uh, any way to minimize the risk is a good thing. And from what I'm hearing, the safeguards that are embedded in these systems will help you do that. Uh, and again, how long have you been uh, trading like this, uh, Dennis? I've only been trading for uh, going on two years. Two years. Okay. Um, William, uh, we're running out of time, but I one thing I would like to, to kind of bring up is um, say if someone wanted to start today, you don't advise just getting the software and jumping right in, but you got to get the knowledge. And can you give us some resources that might be able to help people get started? I actually would recommend both, like William said before, you can download the apps, um, Robinhood, um, Webull, or even the TD Ameritrade software. And uh, the TD Ameritrade software does show videos that will uh, help walk you through the platform. So you also can do what's called um, uh, play money. So I would advise that uh, download the software um, and then um, go into the play money app and be able to invest as much as you can as you learn. Also, YouTube is um, a phenomenal resource. You can Google a lot of stuff, a lot of terms that you uh, you want to find out about the stock market or even on YouTube, there's some beginners traders um, videos that will start you from zero and take you all the way through. Uh, Dennis, this has all been fascinating. And uh, before we sort of wrap this up, I do want to ask you uh, to elaborate more on, on the concept of uh, partnering up with others to do your trading. You mentioned groups or clubs that you have established. And you also mentioned uh, the workshops that, that you and your wife would conduct. Can you comment on both of those? Because I also want to ask you if there are opportunities for listeners to virtually join you and your wife and learn more, or if there's a way to join up with a group or a club or loose uh, association of individuals who are doing this too. There are hundreds, uh, actually hundreds of online groups where people just get together and share information. The group that we kind of um, are a part of is a group that my wife and I started, and it was just to begin to educate friends and family on um, trading stocks. And uh, I have um, a pattern that I put together and I'm able to email that out. But if you go on Facebook, there are Facebook groups, as well as there's an app called Discord, where there are groups that you can join, and they're free to join, some of them with fees. But uh, in these groups, there are um, people who actually teach um, the stock trade and uh, um, trade, and, and they just trade it for free. So if you just do some uh, minor research on it, I'm quite sure there's so much stuff out there that you can um, look for. As far as as far as we're, we're concerned, you can find me on Facebook at Dennis Wilson. And normally around uh, January, February, my wife and I host our annual um, event, which would definitely be, if done this year, would be virtual. Okay. Um, I heard a little dingling, a little bell chime. Was that your mobile device telling you 
that uh, there's a stock out there waiting with your name on it. Uh, Something too. <laughs> that's that's wow. telling me that it's 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 time to go make some money. <laughs> wow, uh, what a way to end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to um, end like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, I this has been one of the most uh, uh, insightful, uh, informative, mind-opening conversations we've had on on bringing on. And again, what a way to start the month of January, the beginning of 2021, a, a year of new beginnings, if you will. Um, and Dennis, we, you will not be a stranger to bring it on. And you think I'm playing, but I think we've just enlisted this gentleman. So um, William, if you have a, a final follow-up question or observation, we'll go ahead and uh, yeah, sort of wrap up this conversation. I wanted to ask you um, about being patient with buying stocks. Are there some stocks that, that you can uh, just research and then ride out the ups and downs? Yes, that actually, that's the majority of the stocks that I like. Um, I like to create a portfolio. I know you've heard that word before, but it it's um it's a very volatile stocks to make quick money. There's the stocks in the middle, such as those that you you just mentioned, William, that ride the wave and you learn the pattern. And then there's those long term stocks that I get in. My portfolio consists of all three and this helps keep my finances very well balanced. Okay. Well, Dennis, we are out of time. This has been extremely interesting. We typically ask our guests to come back and we always mean it, Dennis, but this, this time we mean it. Thank you. So that said, we want to thank Dennis Wilson for joining us to demystify the various ways that Generation Y or Black investors and stock traders profit from the stock market. And that's Thank Dennis you for Wilson. Me. You're very welcome. And that's Dennis Wilson, our new contributor to Bring It On. Uh, Bring It On has an open submission policy. So if you have an idea for this program or an event or happening, the African-American community should know about. Let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is bringingon at wfhb.org. Our show's executive producer is Clarence Boone. Our assistant producer is yours truly. Our consultant and WFHB News Department director is Cade Young. Program engineer is Chantal LaFontant. Original theme music created by Jamil Effiam with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I am William Hosea. And I'm Clarence Boone. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On, right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.